I wanted to be where I could control and navigate my work-life balance because my family's everything to me. I never want anything to go before my family. I want women to feel good about who they are because all the women I meet, I see something in them that's powerful. Maybe they don't know how to utilize it. Biggest thing is their voice oftentimes get lost. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the 52 Weeks of Me podcast. I'm Jacqueline Osborne. And I'm Erica Brooks. This podcast is a platform for men and women to share their challenges and lessons they face throughout their journey toward achieving greater life balance through the four pillars of health and, of course, prioritizing the number one asset, you. Amazing. Let's get started. Okay. Well, Deanna, welcome. We are so happy to have you on our podcast. I cannot wait for today's session and to learn a little bit more about you. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So my name is Deanna Rojas Orta, and the name is long because I was so happy to be married. I took both of my husband's last names. <laughs> so neither last name prior to marriage belonged to me. I uh, come from the southwestern corner of Pennsylvania. So I'm a city of Pittsburgh native born. I'm a mother of three. I was a single young mother. I had my daughter young, um, and then I met my wonderful husband, Felipe, and then we added two additional children, two boys. Our daughter made us uh, grandparents, <laughs> and so we have a beautiful grandson. Uh, he'll be five this year. And so I've experienced several different roles within motherhood. I've worked for over 30 years working in the nonprofit sector, never really management, more project management or service coordination. My passion and my heart is for disability as well as a re-entrance, and that's the returning citizens from prison. And recently, just recently, I launched my uh, coaching business, Treasure You, and that's for working professional moms. And when I say working professional moms, those that is the moms in the home as well as the mothers who are working for others. I was raised by a stay-at-home mom for many years, and I know that though I did not experience stay-at-home for myself, it's a lot of work. I think those of us who have faced a lot of the challenges in the pandemic realize just how much work it is having to be home and managing the children as well as managing um, some additional tasks. Wow, that is that is such a, a great background and an intro. I can't help but ask the, the shift. Did you always know you wanted to be a coach? I have found myself coaching in my personal life. Um, I would find that I was the person that people would come to strategize. I was the friend that would help you strategize your goals cheerlead you on. And so I was doing that. And then I had, so you know, you have your close girlfriends and they're always there. And then you have those friends that kind of seasonal and will come in and out. And I noticed a lot of the seasonal friends would come in and that's kind of what I was doing, but I didn't know what it was called. And then in the workspace, I would do service coordination, which is like case management. But I noticed that case management was like information and referral. It wasn't enough to really help people. And so I would do a little bit extra. And I'm thinking like, People need a coach. When I started to learn about coaching, they need a coach. And so I would just incorporate coaching to some degree with my service coordinating. And so I think over time, I started thinking, how am I growing myself professionally? And then how can I do this in a way where I have more creativity and more freedom 
where I'm not necessarily married to the mission of who I'm working for, but I can kind of create my own mission for how I feel I work best with folks. And so that's what led me to finally saying, you know, I got to retire from working for others and set a goal to kind of launch out on my own. Well, it sounds like in your case, necessity definitely bred innovation, right? Like you had friends that were actively seeking you out to kind of help. And now you're at this really weird intersection of, you know, out of home working mothers and in home stay at home mothers are both getting interesting exposure to the other's world because of the pandemic. How have you feel seen people kind of like field those challenges and get through the obstacles that have come with being home and building the empathy for the woman that's been out of the home and the woman that's been in the home? What I see happening is a lot of the folks that are coming my way is not stay at home. The majority are working outside the home. I have some, some a small amount through Um, my faith-based community that are actually stay at home. What I'm finding is a deeper appreciation through memes that you would see people (laughs) would share in different jokes and discussions about just how challenging um, being in this space consistently with your children and helping that development piece without that education team to give you a kind of a break to kind of shift your thinking throughout your day. What I what I find interesting is a lot of moms who were working outside the home are, are initially were were uh, challenged with juggling that and trying to find create their own balance in that space. A lot felt guilty because they felt they should have known how to do certain things. Um, a lot, of course, everyone felt unprepared. But for some of the some of the folks that are have younger children that I, I know personally and professionally, uh, my heart went out to them. And so that I find has been not so much the comparison between the two women, but just a unified struggle for all um, because everyone was close in close proximity with each other without without too much of a break. You just started the business in this in this January. So why now? To be honest, uh, aging, the aging process is what really motivated me, as well as I I live with the diagnosis of MS, and I have been fully functioning and operating medicine-free for almost 10 years, but I don't want to take that for granted. And so it's now or never. And just uh, realistically, um, with my husband, his business is going well. He's, He's an entrepreneur, and he went out on his own couple years ago, full time, seeing his journey gave me courage that I can do it too. And we're just in a better space. We have a middle schooler, a high schooler, the the oldest boy will be going to 11th grade, the youngest one's going to eighth grade. And though they need me, they need me differently. So I felt like this is, this is a better time for us. When we were in the mix of everything, there was just a lot. And so it just wasn't for me. It it wasn't a good space. I wanted to be where I could control and navigate my work-life balance because my family's everything to me. I never want anything to go before my family. And so I needed to wait until a time that I felt confident enough that I could balance that. I, I love it. And you, you sound like so many of us who are always putting other people's, especially their families, needs first. And I say this every time, but I think we mention this every time is the need to put on your own oxygen mask. And it sounds like you are finally putting on your own oxygen mask and doing something that 
you've been wanting to do and you've been thinking about doing for so long. But what I really find interesting or um, and intrigued by is the process you're taking to do it. You didn't just jump. You, you're not lifting and shifting. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned it earlier, but retirement. Can you talk a little bit about your thought process as well as the actual process you're taking to get ready to make the shift to coaching full-time? Sure. So I'm a calculated risk type of person. So I'm, I, there's some things I will leap and then other things I calculate and I strategize because I'm always cognizant of the impact and the ripple effect of how it would touch different parts of my life. So the first thing I did was where I work, I work at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank and I'm a SNAP outreach coordinator full time there. Upon taking the, the position, the first position, it was a, a termed grant based position and that's all the positions there. So I took positions and I went to an organization where I knew there were short term uh, job opportunities, projects. That gave me this space to figure things out, but also gave me the accountability that when it's over, it's over. My upper management, my leads, they all know that and they've been very supportive that I'm working on my own business. Um, they follow me on LinkedIn. That was very important to me. And it just worked out with a lot of prayer, a lot of authenticity conversations around what's important to me. And then so I decided to start working with a coach because I knew I needed additional supports to figure out a business model, business structure. And um, a good friend of mine offered coaching services to me for a reasonable rate. And we initially started together. And then I shifted to a different coach um, to help me more with the marketing piece of it. And it was that shift with the second coach that I decided to give myself a retirement date. And so 11-8-2022 is my date of retirement from the food bank. And my retirement from working for others as their employee and instead of being a person offering services. Um, I'm super excited about that. I put it in all my calendars <laughs> as a reminder. And every time I hear myself say it, it energizes me. And yeah, one of the things that I hear a lot about from other entrepreneurs I, I speak to is this idea of motivation fatigue is the way a lot of people describe it, where they're really, really motivated, but it just comes in these waves where they don't want to do everything all the time and they struggle to balance who they are today, who they were even last month, and who they're trying to become professionally. And it sounds like you found some really good ways. Writing down your retirement date is amazing and saying this is it and putting that flag in the ground sounds like a really tactical goal for people. What other little tidbits do you have for folks that are trying to go through a journey that maybe will help them be successful? If you have family, whatever it means to you as far as family, you need to bring everyone on board. And that starts with the partner, uh, with your partner. If you have a partner, if, it, if you have siblings, whoever your support system is, you have to bring them on board. They're key. Whatever move you make, they're part of that movement. They don't dictate your movements, but you want to make sure that you have that core support because what you don't want is disruption and distractions. Actually, being diagnosed with MS taught me that. It gave me my voice. I needed to let people know when I needed help. And I need to let people know when I needed space. And if you don't do that, that's one of the workshops I do is boundary management. If you don't establish those boundaries, but also establish that support, those are two integral things that you need. It's not and or, it's both. 
You need to have boundaries, but you also need to have a very supportive environment. The other thing is I would always recommend reach out to someone who specializes in the areas that you don't. You don't have to do everything. I think as women, let me tell you, we are masters of resources and adaptation or just like no one else. But is it is it beneficial to you? Is it beneficial to your business? Is it beneficial to family life? And is it beneficial to your client? Because if you're expending all this energy in something you don't know, what are you presenting when you interface with your client? I have learned and I'm continuing to learn and challenge myself that the areas that are not my expertise be okay with letting go. You just said so many powerful tips in so succinctly. I just want to dig into one of those, which is the asking for help and creating space because we all know society. It's lean in, you know, you can have it all, you can do it, right? How have you come to that? You know, you mentioned the MS helped you. I'd really just like to dig into that because so many people don't ask for help. And anything you can share or even the feeling having had asked for help, if we can talk about that, I think that would be extremely helpful to our listeners. Sure, absolutely. Being faced with possibly having a disability and and becoming differently able really was my aha moment. And toxic stress is not helpful to anyone, especially those of us that live with a chronic diagnosis. My body will shut down. I I can really get sick if I don't take care of me. So I have no choice but to put my oxygen mask on. And that's even based on the business. If I want a successful business, I have to be the healthiest I can be. Part of that is saying, listen, I need time. I need space. I feel stressed out. I'm concerned. I need to reach out. The beginning of COVID, I knew that we were all going to be in the home together. I was anxious. Everyone else was anxious. And so we immediately, I started looking for a family therapist. And so we just had our last session last night. And so we've been in family therapy for a year. And we went in under the goal of communication. One of the diagnoses that came up was anxiety. And for many reasons, there was anxiety, but there was anxiety prior to COVID because we're anxious people. We just express it differently, but it was so helpful because I got additional tools. And so it's just listening to your body, paying attention to your relationships, whether it's with the client, friends, family, whoever it may be, pay attention. If you find yourself uh, getting headaches a lot, if you find yourself fatigued, something's going on. It could be emotional. It could be physical. It could be both, but it's very important to pay attention. I want to live as as long as I can, be as healthy as I can, and enjoy life. And I want to be able to fully function and have memorable moments. But I can't do that if I'm if I'm allowing myself to sit in a toxic environment. I don't know if if this is something you would you would list in your in your sort of qualifications and your skill sets. But just talking to you here today, you are very present. Like you just you seem very focused on what's kind of around you, and you're you're here and kind of tuned into the conversation, tuned what's going on. Is that something that you exercise? Is that like a skill set that you try to actively build? I think a lot of times we do things that we don't realize we're doing it. If you ask the children, they would say no, because I tend to get mom airs. And that's when you tune in when you know something is when you absolutely need it. And then you tune out. So for at home life, I'm learning to exercise that a lot more and be present and listen. My youngest has taught me that he's 
high functioning autism. He's the most outspoken and he will challenge me in a different way. And so I've learned to stop and listen. He says, mom, you talk a lot. Personally, I don't want someone to come and tell me what I need to do. I tend to push back my natural personality. So you have to have some level of presence in order to hear what a person needs. So I try to treat a person the way I would want to be treated. That makes total sense. I want to take a minute and dig into the coaching. So as you start and as you're building business, and I use my my air quotes, can you share how that's going? Do you have an area of focus? Are you seeing any trends? Thanks for asking that question. So I have 30 years in my area, and I'm known in different circles for different things, but it's not coaching necessarily or as a business owner. So this is me introducing myself and letting people see this part of me. I recently did a survey using the uh, eight dimensions of wellness to see what areas people really need or feel they want assistance in, I'm getting really good results. And it actually affirms what I thought. A lot of it was confidence. A lot of it was work life. A lot of people partnering and parenting, a lot of that. But I also got a lot of of women that were older and they're going into their, their next stage of life and dealing with empty nests and dealing with that confidence in that space as well. I want women to feel good about who they are because all the women I meet, I see something in them that's powerful. Maybe they don't know how to utilize it. The biggest thing is their voice oftentimes get lost or the comparison monster is there. They dim their light or they just mute it all together because they feel it's not as good as someone else. And it's kind of like it doesn't have to be because you're great within yourself. Whatever you're doing, you're great at. It's something I had to learn for myself, but it's a lot that women have to learn. And if we are the heartbeat of our communities, we have all the answers to heal a lot of what's broken if we can heal within ourselves. You said something that reminded me of a quote, and of course, I won't remember who said it, but um, I posted it on one of our our social media platforms. And it was believe in yourself because others already do. And that quote to me is so important. And I don't share it for others. I share it for myself. And what you just said really reminded me of that quote, because there are so many people who they don't believe in themselves. I didn't believe in myself when I started this journey. And for me, being on the 52 weeks journey, that is one of the biggest aha moments for me was that I do need to believe in myself. I should believe in myself and that others already do. So that flip of a switch is so critical. So I, it was really, really great just to listen to you. And as Erica said, you're, you're so present and you articulate so well. I can't wait to see how and where that journey takes you. I'm excited as well. I can't, I, I, sometimes I kick myself like, why did I wait? But this is the, this is the perfect time. So I think I wouldn't have appreciated had it happened earlier. And and, and I, if I could share another tip is you can always learn something from somebody, but it doesn't mean that you have to attach it to your life and your dreams. Take the things that apply and then the things that don't, it's okay to leave them there. That I think that's one of the biggest lessons. Like there's a lot of good advice. All advice isn't necessarily good for your life. It's great advice, but it may not fit for what I need to do. That reminds me of uh, Sarah Blakely. And when she started Spanx, she will tell you or she's been interviewed saying when she was starting, she did not tell 
anybody. And it wasn't because she didn't believe in herself. It was actually quite the opposite is she didn't want anyone to convince her otherwise or to give her information that would alter her mindset. That is so important is to sometimes it's good to ask for advice. Other times it's better just to trust your instinct and go with what you know and what you feel is right. Support isn't always advice. People can support you in many different ways. So support may be simply, um, could you babysit this weekend? I'm running out. I just need some quiet time. That quiet time, if you're working on writing a book, could be writing a book. You don't have to share your writing a book. I mean, ladies, we're creative. My mom would always say, you don't have to let your left hand know what your right hand's doing all the time. And so you can share and gain support. And then as you feel confident and you know it's right, then you share out. You don't have to share every detail. That has been a journey for me as well, because I tend to share everything. And I've learned to kind of keep things to myself. I'm a talker, as you can see. I've learned to keep things to myself. It's interesting to hear you kind of juxtapose and compare the idea of support and help and advice being different, right? Like they're kind of subcategories of the same thing, but there's nuanced differences. And I was listening to you talk earlier, and one of the examples you gave about your job and how you're effectively saying no there, but you're really good at saying help me as you're building your business, right? You've asked for coaching assistance, you have marketing coaching, and you're able to kind of do all of those things. And you also have other people that are supporting you in these journeys. You have this really interesting Venn diagram pyramid thing going on of a village around you that's helping. If there's someone out there that feels alone in their journey, how do they start to find those resources to help them? Most helpers have helped a lot. Helpers help all the time. You don't have to to ask, right? And so my sister, I'm naturally a helper. And she would always say to me, your social network, your social capital is ridiculous. But I never gave them the opportunity to assist. So the first thing is you have to get out of the way of you. People want to help you. You have to allow them to help you. So if someone in your immediate circle is fabulous at different things, it's okay to say, hey, do you mind helping me? I'm sure you've helped many times before. It really is unhealthy to only take or only give. And you're, you're teaching people how to love you and how to value you by how you um, present yourself in that relationship. And so I would say to anyone listening, first go to your circle that you already know, trusted individuals that you've helped and supported. And have a conversation with them, have a cup of coffee, you know, have a glass of wine, see if there's something that they can support you and people are dying to help you. Then if you don't have that type of uh, network already in place, all is not lost for you. There's many ways that you can gain support and connect with people, low cost or no cost. Um, I am an avid volunteer. I'm a volunteer junkie. But volunteering, you would be surprised who you're rubbing shoulders with in a volunteer space. And and it also helps you learn how to build those important relationships and have the conversation with with different people because um, when you volunteer, everything's equitable. So you're not looking at VP from this company, CEO. Everyone has the same t-shirt on and they're just there in good spirit to give back. So I would recommend if you don't have a large social network, then I would try volunteering. Want your community to be diverse. You don't want everyone to speak the same language. And when I say the same language, if you're coming from nursing, you don't want all nurses. 
You want some business folks. You want some nonprofit people because that kind of helps you broaden your lens to different um, challenges that you're trying to approach. Excellent. Well, I know I can continue all day and just listen to everything you have to share. But unfortunately, our time is coming to an end. So with that, if you can recommend one book or one piece of advice for our listeners, what would that be? I love a a book by Dr. David Stoop, S-T-O-O-P. You are what you think you are. It goes into that negative talk, self-talk. And that's one of the biggest things around confidence, around the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. If you think you're this, you are. If you think you're not, you are. <laughs> so what do you what do you say you are? You have the power to tell people who you are. Well, again, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for sharing your journey. Thank you for being vulnerable with us. We wish you so much luck as you near your retirement date and you start to build your coaching business. Thank you so much, ladies. I really enjoyed it. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you all for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to us as much as we enjoy participating in the conversation. Now your homework is to be sure to like, subscribe, and let us know what you thought about today's discussion. And of course, find us online, 52weeksofme.net with the number five and the number two, and at Instagram at 52weeksofme spelled out. Again, we love emails, so email us at 52weeksofme spelled out at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you all soon. Bye! Bye.